If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The following is an instant reaction YouTube exclusive content. To get more YouTube exclusive content, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel at Don't Go Out There. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all support. Uh, before we get into tonight's uh, reaction episode, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Uh, you can listen to all of our episodes and interviews, including this reaction at our website. Uh, we've done many interviews in the past. Uh, we have the Interviews tab makes it really easy and convenient to find those instead of scrolling through 200 plus episodes uh we also have our blog up there uh we've all written some think pieces uh you know just some of our opinions on some of the horror genre and chan who's a guest hosting with me tonight she's written a, a jaws piece i highly recommend that as well and we also have our uh store attached we have some new t-shirts new merch up they're awesome and we have shan's Etsy page attached as well her tumblers are selling like hotcakes. I have like four or five of them myself. Uh, highly recommend you check her, her Etsy page out and get you one. They're awesome. They're horror-themed, and they keep your drinks cold forever. Uh, so let's jump into tonight's reaction episode. Uh, me and Chan both had the privilege, the fun, <laughs> of going to go see The Black Phone as it released this past weekend. Uh, I'm excited that Shan is the one joining me to do this tonight. Because me and her kind of differ on our feelings of it. Uh, she's a lot higher on it than I am, you know. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to her, to Shan about it. Shan, uh, what do you think? Just give us your general thoughts and then we'll get deeper into it. So we were looking forward. Our family was going to go back when it was supposed to come out in February. Um, it was actually supposed to come out just in time for my daughter's birthday. So we were all excited and then couple weeks beforehand, they moved it to June. So as soon as we knew when it was coming out and the tickets got released, we're like, okay, we're going opening weekend. Like we've been waiting for this movie. It looked amazing when we saw the trailers. It was definitely something that after we came out, it was like, you could tell everybody was like, okay, how'd everybody else feel? And it was just like universal for the whole family that everybody loved it. My daughter said that if I don't buy it when it comes out, she will be buying it. I think it was 
something we haven't had in a while, even if it doesn't necessarily classify as full-blown horror. I mean, it, it has a crime thriller feel to it, obviously. So there's a lot of stuff I liked. Obviously, there's a couple things that could be improved, and we'll talk about those. But overall, I thought it was a great movie, and I would gladly sit down and watch it again. All right, I will agree with that. I will gladly, and I look forward to sitting down and watching it again, just because even though I enjoyed the movie theater experience, I like getting to watch it at home just so I can embrace it and suck it in a little more. And, you know, if you have to use a bathroom or whatever, you can pause it because, you know, I I have strong kidneys. I have to use the bathroom. That's just my excuse for having a, a weak bladder. <laughs> I refuse to admit weakness. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the movie coming out, rewatching it again, seeing how I really feel after another watch because – at the end of the movie, I just sat there. I was thinking, I sat this whole time waiting for this movie just to blow my mind or wow me or suck me in and have me invested. And I just didn't feel that way at all. Not that the movie was bad or anything. I just, you know, you hear every review I've watched said Scott Derrickson, Ethan Hawke, the star and the creator of Sinister. And you're like, man, I love Sinister. And Emily Rose, Exorcism of Emily Rose, I think that's a good movie as well. And at the end of it, I was like, man. I didn't really feel anything compared to those two movies, honestly. Uh, then now we will get into some positives and we'll get into some some negatives, but we'll get into that in just a little bit. But my general thoughts are, I was just a little, I was just let down on you know. I saw the one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I saw all these reviews praising how great the movie was, and I was like, man, uh, I don't really feel that way. <laughs> and I'm not trying to you know just be the Debbie Downer or anything, but you know. On this show, we pride ourselves on being honest how we feel about things, and that's just how I felt. I was just let down. Uh, Shan, let's jump into our positives. What What are some of your big positives? So, first of all, I like the feel of the whole movie. I like how it was done back in the 70s, basically, because obviously in today's day with cell phones and tracking and all that, you, this wouldn't have happened the way, I mean, hence why there were so many more serial killers back in the seventies than necessarily we have today that we know about anyways. So I like the feel of it being back in the seventies. It was obviously a very different time. Then the two young actors were phenomenal. Like they, they stole the show, especially, I don't remember the actress's name. But the one that played the sister, she was absolutely amazing. Like, I don't know that I would have felt like I do about the movie if, it, if there had been a different actress in that role. Um, I think she just did an amazing job in... She had so many different things that she had to do in that movie. Um, and I just think that she did amazing. I like the creepiness with Ethan Hawke. Because um, he's not typically the bad guy. So it was kind of a different take for him that I like to see. And I like the dialogue. Like sometimes you get like with the younger actors and the way they write them, it's like kids don't talk that way. But this actually was like, it seemed like how you would have kids their age talk. So those were some of the big things that I think really were why I enjoyed it so much were the way that it looked um, the dialogue, and then the actors for the main parts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree 100% with you about the two kid actors. Uh, I have IMDb, IMDb pulled up right now. I'll give them a shout-out. Uh, Mason Thames, I think is how you say it. Uh, he played Finney. 
uh, the star of the movie, the young man who was trapped in the cell. And I agree 100% with you, Shan. Uh, Madeline McGraw, the little the little girl who played Gwen, she was great. She provided great comic relief in some scenes. <laughs> she made right. me laugh out loud. Um, and just, I'm glad she had a bigger role because, and the way they, they wrote her character, because I saw some other reviews, like, if she wasn't in the movie, it's like, I don't feel like I would be anywhere near as invested. And I wasn't anywhere near as invested as you were. And without her, like, she kind of held the movie together. Um, Ethan Hawke was, he was good. I'm not saying he was a bad actor or anything, but I will say in my negatives, I'll touch on it more, but I missed seeing him more without the mask on. I guess I'm just, I can't, I can't let go of how much I liked him in Sinister. We got to follow him because, you know, I know Dustin, once he listens, he'll be proud. He's a big Ethan Hawke fan and rightfully so. Ethan Hawke is a great actor, underrated. I wanted more Ethan Hawke. I, I definitely that. could have gone for more of him in the movie. It, that is definitely one of the negatives that even though I really liked how he acted in that character, I wanted to see more of him. A- absolutely. Uh, I like the way the movie looked and was shot. You know, I'm going to steal Mike's word. Cinematography was very good. I love the old grainy look, kind of like the home videos from Sinister. I think we would all agree with that. Yep. It looked really good. What else was I a big fan of? Man, one of the best jump scares I've seen in a long time. Uh, uh, yeah. With Gwen riding down the street on the bike, one of the best. Ju- scared, scared me really good, I'll be honest. It got me really good. Got the whole audience, I think, that I was with. Uh, so, yeah, that, those are some of my positives for sure. The young actors were great. And how many times have we said on this show where a child actor can really ruin a movie or take you out of a movie? You know, whether, whether you like the Babadook or not, the kid – is pretty famous for being annoying in that movie. <laughs> Alex Vincent wasn't necessarily the greatest in the first Child's Play movie. So these two young actors and actresses definitely did a great job of keeping us invested and being believable. I agree with you 100%. The way the kids inter- interact with each other it sounded real, believable. And uh, I give props, major props to the, the writers for that. Absolutely. Shane, you want to, let's touch on some negatives, some things we didn't like. You want to go first? Oh, one more thing that I forgot to mention that I did like. I like the masks. John Savini and Jason Baker did an amazing job doing all the different variations of the different masks that he wore. So kind of to roll into that of something we didn't like. I want to know why he wore the masks. Like, it's one of those, like, I didn't necessarily think it as I was watching it. But once I was basically thinking about the movie later, it's like, we have no idea why he wore those, like what, where that came from. And that's something that I would have liked to have seen as to why he wore those. Cause it didn't, it's not like it paired up with the, Oh, the magician act that he was using to lure them in. So I just kind of want to know what the deal was, where those came from kind of paired in with that. It's like with the house and he had spoiler, (laughs) there was a second house. Um, It's like, okay, were those connected underground? Like, it's kind of those things like looking at it. I just, I guess I want more of the story that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with the story that I did get. As Finney's going through and each of the things he does, like, you know, they're never going to work for him to escape. But once you get to the end, you realize why each of those had to happen. So I like that part of it. But I think there was some 
different things that I think they could have like fleshed out a little bit more, like with the other house and with his brother in the house. Like, I mean, he obviously he knew he wasn't to go in the basement, but at the same rate, like you don't notice your brother is like sitting in the kitchen, just staring at a door. So there's certain things like that bothered me a little bit, but not to the point that it was like, okay, that's absolutely, I can't stand the movie now. Those were kind of the main ones. Yeah. uh, Things that bothered me. I'm going to pretty much touch on that. Like you just talked about. And then some, I feel like the, the grabber as he's called in this movie is not explained at all. Like why he's doing this, uh, why he wears the mask, what his, his whole, his act is, uh, the supernatural stuff that happens in the cell, like how does this happen? Is he, he's not supernatural, is he? Like, and just a disclaimer that I didn't put at the beginning of the show. I haven't read the short story or what anything. I don't know anything about the source material that this movie is from, but I feel like we need a prequel maybe to, to explain what the hell is going on in this cell. Why all these, well, spoiler, while these dead kids keep calling this phone that apparently doesn't work and is talking to him, why Finney sees all these things he sees in the cell. And that's another nitpick of mine. I feel like the movie just got repetitive and redundant in the middle where he's getting this call from another person. They're kind of giving him little clues to how to get out of the cell. It's just over and over and over. And then he finally gets his call from his best friend, who was a pretty good fighter, who I feel like would have probably put up a good fight against Ethan. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like that's just my biggest issue with the movie is it just it's not explained enough and it just got repetitive in the middle to where I just – quit caring because it's like he would get a call he would see something spooky he would get some clues he would get a call see something spooky get some clues and like you said his brother i don't know how his brother who i was uh, another positive i didn't know james ranson was in this movie i was happy to see him whenever the cops went into the house uh i think he provided some comedy relief with his character (laughs) having coke on the table that was funny (laughs) But seriously, this guy is like obsessed with these these kidnappings, but can't figure out it's his creepy brother with these wearing these masks all day. I mean, he doesn't have a job, so what is he doing all day where he doesn't see his brother doing this right. stuff? So it's just confusing to me. Yeah, that's pretty much my biggest issue. Is just you know, I, I feel like I just went into this movie expecting not sinister, but something to sinister's level, and I didn't get that. And I know it's not fair to compare this to sinister. Because they're not the same movies at all. But when you see the same director and the lead guy, you're kind of thinking, all right, these guys have delivered in the past. They're going to deliver again. And I was just a little let down, personally. Yeah. No, and I understand that completely. Because like I said, there. the more I think about it, there are certain things where it's like, okay, I do want more of the background. Like, yes, it is scarier when there's not a motivation, there has to be something to him as to why he's wearing the masks, um, why he is going after the kids, all of that. And to put all the work in to build a soundproof basement, all that, how, how do you even get all that through and get it done where it's like nobody knows anything? And I even said like when he was buying, um, when he was at the hardware store buying the lie, I'm like, nobody notices this guy's just carrying out like, several bags of this stuff and tarps and my boyfriend was like well you know maybe he's traveling to different places i'm like okay i can see that but like let's see that that has happened a lot of it kind of leads you to this is what i think was happening but it's not like the movie was two and a half hours like 
you probably could have thrown another 20 minutes in and just kind of expanded on a little bit of this stuff without making it a ridiculously long movie. Because I think it was only an hour and 40 minutes or so. Yeah, that's it. I I agree. A little longer runtime. Because I can't really think of much to cut to shorten it and add. Because, like, I wasn't bored watching it. I was just waiting to... I wanted some explanation on something going on. You know, uh, maybe I just don't follow the right people. But when Malignant came out, James Wan, like the night before, put a big post out saying, when you go see this movie, don't expect to see The Conjuring. You're going to see something completely different. I kind of wish I would have saw something like that just to temper my expectations. But uh, another thing that just annoyed the absolute hell out of me. So we know at the very, spoiler again, at the very end of this movie, this kid, Finney, has he puts together the, the pieces of the puzzle to how to, to defeat the grabber. But he literally walks up the stairs while the grabber is asleep and could have killed him right there. He had the combination to the lock to get out of the house. The dude was asleep. He had this rocket thing. What was the rocket? Was it, uh, I know he was like obsessed with like rockets. I don't know if it was like a toy or whatever. I think it was a he pen. Could, he could have easily stabbed this dude in the neck and killed him. Could have easily gotten out and killed this guy, gotten out of this house. But what does he do? He just tries to be sneaky about it. And then he gets caught again outside, and it's just very frustrating. And the fact, and how he got kidnapped was frustrating. I know it's the 70s, you know, you're, you got better, a better outlook on people, I guess. You don't think they're as evil as, you know, we all think people are now. <laughs> but True. it's like, you see this creepy looking dude in a black van, and there's black balloons, and it's kind of like the mo of this guy like you should have took off and it's in broad daylight like well, he, how is he how has this dude not been seen or caught Duke and i, did, in broad I daylight. did say that that bothered me that at that point like i can understand when the first two maybe even three kids had been taken but at that point when Finney's taken he's what the fifth i think yeah like, something like that they, they know somebody is out there. They have given the guy a name because Finney used it. He was talking about the grabber. Why are you, Why is anybody walking around at that point by themselves, even in the middle of the day? Yeah, what like, parent is letting their kid walk around neighborhoods where they're getting kid? The first person, or I don't know if it's the first person, but a kid literally got kidnapped as a newspaper deliverer. Right. You're telling me that nobody didn't see this kid riding his bike that morning and all of a sudden he's just gone? <laughs> I mean, this dude is kidnapping people in broad daylight. It's not like it's the middle of the night or, you know, in a dark alleyway. He's doing this in broad daylight, kidnapping these kids. And it's it's just uh, kind of hard to believe all this stuff, honestly. Yeah. And just, that's just how I felt anyways. Uh, any more thoughts, Shan? Uh, I, I am happy. I will say that I am happy that the movie is seemingly doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a unique story. Uh, I appreciated the story. I appreciated the acting. I just felt like there was some a lot missing, and it did feel more like a. I told a, a listener we were talking on Instagram. The movie just felt like a true crime story with supernatural elements that weren't explained, and that just frustrated me. See, I I like that kind of a movie though. I I'm a fan of where most of it is kind of more realistic like take out the supernatural the rest of the movie is something realistic that does happen absolutely that i so that i can get behind and that's i like those kind of movies 
And that's, it was he really, was the phone really ringing? Was he actually talking or was he basically having some sort of hallucinations because he was sleep deprived and he wasn't eating? Like, don't really know. I mean, that could have been possible too, where it's his brain is filling in what he can't piece together when he's awake. I mean, we've all had dreams like that where it's like you wake up and you're like, okay, I, Something that I couldn't figure out when I was awake and all of a sudden, like, I have this brilliant idea and this is how this is going to work. So I don't, maybe it wasn't really supernatural. Maybe it was just his brain filling things in, kind of like his sister would have the dreams. Yeah, uh, but I wish they would explain that. You know what I'm saying? Is that, yeah. I hope that's not too nitpicky, but even if it is just him dream, him dreaming or something going on like that, I feel like they just needed to explain it. Uh, one more thing I want to ask you about that I saw some people gave some criticism towards is uh, how did you feel about the dad and the child abuse? That was kind of rough. Was it needed? I think it was, though. I, I think that it was solely because it gave you kind of the insight as to why when she is starting to talk about her dreams that he doesn't want to hear it because his wife, their mother, had from what it sounds like she was a schizophrenic and he doesn't want to see his daughter going down that same path. Basically the impression I got was the mom died. I'm assuming killed herself kind of the way that they alluded to. And yeah, I think, I think the dad said that she killed herself. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he did or not. And then he obviously started self-medicating, drinking excessively, um, not being able to handle the fact that he was there with the kids now. And I think it was just kind of like you had to show that. So it was like that he wasn't going to take her seriously at first because of that. And obviously then you throw the drinking in and he he's just not a functional adult at the moment. Um, so he irrationally would lash out at her. Um Dude, I like seeing him beating her in the kitchen. No, absolutely not. Like, that was rough to watch. But it kind of gave you a feel for how the whole family dynamic went. And he kind of comes around, obviously, like, realizing, like, she's not crazy. But I'm going to have to kind of listen to her because maybe we'll stand a chance to find him. So it was definitely rough to watch because I I don't think that if they were just this happy, perfect family and she starts telling these dreams, I I don't think that things maybe would have been taken as seriously. I think it would have just been, okay, you're just, you're hearing the news. So it's rolling over into what you're dreaming at night. I, I think to have him... Did he have to be abusive? I I don't know about that. But I think he definitely had to in the beginning definitely not believe her. I agree with the believing her part. I'm not really sure it makes sense to me why he's beating his daughter because his, you know, dead wife has, you know, she had the same dreams and then she took her life. I feel like, I I mean, maybe therapy wasn't the kind of thing back in the 70s. But, like, I just didn't understand why his dad who would just beat his daughter the way he did because cops showed up and just to ask him about her daughter's dreams. I, I, I just felt like that was a little bit much, but it was a powerful scene and it was effective in the fact that it made you care about the kids and their relationship, which I feel like is probably the best part of the movie. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Shan, we'll give our closing thoughts. I'll just go first real quick. Like I've said, uh, I think this is a good, but not great movie. I think uh, I, I'm looking forward to another watch, a rewatch, a fresh rewatch with uh, tempered expectations. Maybe I can dissect it a little more. 
Uh, big fan of the two child actors. They are incredible, especially uh, Madeline McGraw, who played Gwen. No offense to the, the young man, but she really, I feel like, carried the movie. She did great. She kind of reminded me of uh, Eleven from Stranger Things, trying to find Will in the Upside Down a little bit, maybe, because okay. she kept seeing all these clues. I like that a lot. Uh, Ethan Hawke, he's a great actor. I, I wish there was more of him, more depth behind his story and not just these kidnappings. I, I, I would like to see more of that if they do another one. Uh, maybe a prequel would make this movie better, honestly, just to tie up a lot of loose ends for me. Some frustrating things, some unexplained things, but the movie looks great. It's well, very well acted. So, yeah, I, if I were to rate the movie just off my one watch, I'd probably be in like the six and a half, seven range, but that's just me. Uh, Shan, what are your just final closing thoughts on uh, the black phone? Yeah. Like you said, I mean, the actors in the movie, they were absolutely amazing. Um, it would not have been the movie that it was without the two kids, especially. It's definitely not without its faults, but I'm a big fan of the crime thriller type. I mean, because reality is scarier than anything that's just made up to me any day. So Absolutely. I think that's part of why I really enjoyed this movie. I'm hoping when it comes out on Blu-ray and stuff, like I hope maybe there's a few deleted scenes or whatever that might throw some more light onto some of this stuff, like where the masks came from and all that stuff. Um, if not, like you said, I mean, a prequel could definitely, plus it would give us more Ethan Hawke. And I mean, there's nothing wrong there. I put it at like eight and a half, nine. It's definitely, I will definitely rewatch it again. I really enjoyed it. I didn't have some of my misgivings right away. It's been a matter of like going over it in my head and thinking about different things, like massively picking it apart. Like I really had to think at first to come up with some stuff that I didn't like. So I definitely enjoyed it. I would definitely watch it again. Absolutely. I recommend it. It's the first time through, especially. Yeah, I recommend the movie as well. Just because I feel like everyone should see it and make, I hate when people write in like Facebook groups saying, "This is available to watch." Should I watch it? It's like, dude, if you want to watch it, just watch it. I mean, don't listen to my opinion. I mean, you right. might be completely different than me, but uh, Shan, really appreciate you joining me to do this reaction video. It's been fun. I'm glad we had you know slightly differing differing opinions. Uh, let's close the show out on you shouting out your Etsy page and what you have to offer. Um. The page is ever growing. I keep adding new different horror tumblers. Um, that's pretty much what the shop focuses on. If there's stuff that you're looking for that I haven't done yet, um, obviously you can always message me. And it's Shanpai Designs on Etsy. Finally started an Instagram page and stuff for it too, because hadn't gotten around to that. Um, but yeah, definitely open for suggestions if there's stuff you're looking for. I have one for Stranger Things season four, and that one I've has been ridiculous the amount of those that I've done since uh, volume one drops. So volume two drops on Friday. So if you guys are looking for Stranger Things tumblers, I have those. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said in the beginning, her tumblers are awesome. Like I'm looking at one I have. It's Annabelle. Uh, I love it. I've got one that's got like the all the original slashers: Leatherface, Freddy, Jason, Michael. Uh, I've got one of the off our DGOT cartoon selves. I think it's great. I got a Valet. I got our logo. Uh, the variety is really impressive. She has Stranger Things, uh, stuff like Ghostbusters, old school stuff. 
And like Shan said, you can probably DM her a picture of something you want, and she can make it happen probably. So uh, I just want to congratulate you on your success with your with your Etsy page and your 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 business. Um, I'm happy to see it booming, and I'm glad you joined joined me for this reaction. And uh, highly recommend everyone who listens. If you made it through, you probably already seen it because we have spoiled the hell out of it. <laughs> but if you haven't and you did listen, uh, I'm sorry I spoiled it. Sorry. But do do go watch the movie and form your own opinion. Even if you want to wait till streaming, watch the movie and form your own opinion. Don't listen to just us and what we had to say. Form your own opinion. Uh, soak in the movie and make your own opinion. I would love to hear your comments and thoughts when you do watch it. And if you have watched it, drop your comments and your questions or anything in our social media post. Uh, we really appreciate all support and y'all have a good one. Just want to remind everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.